Hello, I'm Jason Rugard of the Movie Mavericks Podcast. Welcome to a special summer show. Every Friday, I'll be taking a look back to the summer of 1996. This was a box office season that was amongst the most competitive and influential in moviegoing history. On each show, I'll be chronicling the performance, critical response, and historical relevance of the biggest hits and the costliest misfires that shaped the summer of 1996. Episode 2, May 31st through June 2nd, 1996. Our first film is Dragonheart. Falling Dragonheart, the adventure of the summer. I will not stop until I've rid the world of every last one of you. Awesome and inspiring. I am the last one. Hugely entertaining. How do you like the ride so far? Outstanding. I wanted to land! With spectacular special events. I go to save the dragon. Who will go with me? Don't miss it. Dragonheart, rated PG-13. Starts Friday at theaters everywhere. The top two spots on the weekend chart were once again dominated by Mission Impossible in the pole position and Twister in the runner-up spot. The highest charting new opening for the second official week of summer was Dragonheart, which came in third for the weekend with an opening of $15 million, or $31 million in today's money, and legged out to $51 million, or roughly $106 million adjusted for inflation. Dragonheart was an expensive movie for Universal Pictures, Using cutting-edge CGI, the filmmakers brought a dragon to life realistically for the first time. But these effects cost a lot of money, and getting Sean Connery to voice the dragon wasn't cheap, which left little money for the rest of the production. The relatively inexpensive Dennis Quaid was slotted to star, and the movie was given a prime summer release date. A toy line was created to add extra appeal for younger moviegoers. However, the toys were underwhelming, as they were recast molds from previous Kenner productions. Topps Trading Cards produced a set of tie-in cards, a video game for the PlayStation, Game Boy, and Sega Saturn were produced, and even a comic book. However, the soundtrack score from Randy Edelman is outstanding and is arguably the most enduring aspect of the film. This was another troubled production, something of a running theme for the films of 1996, that ballooned from its original $23 million budget to roughly $70 million. Directors David Cronenberg, Richard Donner, and John Badham were all attached to the project in some capacity during its development, before Rob Cohen was settled upon. Cohen does a journeyman's job with the picture. It's a competent piece of filmmaking, but it isn't special. Dennis Quaid is acceptable, if more out of place than Costner in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. But the CGI dragon and the bond formed between warrior and beast is strong. I missed out on seeing Dragonheart in theaters. I found it on home video, but the pan and scan VHS version is awful. The framing feels too tight and the movie suffers greatly from the 4-3 ratio that was standard back in that era. Seeing it years later on DVD in full widescreen, it plays much better. However, this is a movie I admire for some of its peripheral elements but have never fully loved. The franchise has continued with several direct-to-DVD spin-offs over the last 20 years. Our next film is Eddie. Didn't I tell you to stay out of the refrigerator? I have to pay for all that stuff. Sorry, Eddie. Eddie Franklin had a passion for basketball. Hit the open bed! A love for the Knicks. You can fire me, you can take every cent that I have, but don't fool around with the basketball. And one shot. Anyone who makes the free throw gets to be honorary coach. That could take her to the top. Whoopi Goldberg. You are not a coach. You're not a player looking like a little roach. Eddie. 
Rated PG-13. Starts Friday, May 31st at a theater near you. Whoopi Goldberg becomes head coach of the New York Knicks in Eddie. The basketball-themed comedy placed fourth for the weekend with $8 million and totaled $31 million, or around $65 million in today's money, making for a modest hit, especially when compared with Goldberg's other box office bomb from that year, The Associate. Backed by a hip-hop-heavy soundtrack, almost all promotional ads featured Coolio's remake of the classic All the Way Live. The movie was aimed at a younger urban demographic, Eddie is notable as the highest grossing of the glut of basketball movies from 1994 to 1998. This list includes Sunset Park, Celtic Pride, Above the Rim, Blue Chips, The Sixth Man, and He Got Game, to prove my point. The film received scathing reviews from the nation's top critics, and Whoopi received a Razzie nomination for Worst Actress of the Year. During the making of the film, Goldberg and her co-star Frank Langella began dating, and we remained a couple until 2001. This was another video store staple of the late 1990s. The movie could be found everywhere, and was often in heavy rotation on cable in the following years. It's a fairly simple tale that is stretched out way past the 90-minute mark. It's notable for featuring a slew of NBA stars from that era. Eddie is such a minor entry that I had to rewatch it to revisit my thoughts on the film. Outside of Ghost, I've never found Goldberg to be as talented as touted. And I don't think she has good comedic timing. Her habit of breaking character and either laughing or seeming above the material comes off as condescending and annoying. And in Eddie, it's present throughout. Our last film is The Arrival. They've branded his theory paranoid. I come to you with the possibility of extrasolar life. I get can't for it. And the only ones who believe what's coming. If they're not here now, they will be soon. Posing. Are the ones who've already arrived. Right now, as much as you think you know, you don't know the half of it. Stop watching the skies. I know why they're here. Start watching your back. Charlie Sheen, The Arrival. The final of the weekend's new releases was The Arrival, which came in fifth for the weekend with four million. This sci-fi film stars Charlie Sheen and was written and directed by David Twohey, a pitch black in Riddick fame. It's an absolute gem that was clearly overlooked during its brief time in theaters, evident by the meager $14 million final gross, around $29 million adjusted. The film was a commercial failure, as it was unable to recoup its $25 million budget. Part of the blame attributed was to the high visibility marketing campaign for the release of Independence Day just four weeks later, which went on to become a box office juggernaut. The arrival scored on home video where it became an immensely popular title. Cult film status was given, but the film is more mainstream than people think. The franchise spawned a direct-to-DVD follow-up and served as a stepping stone without which Twohey would never have been able to get Pitch Black made. During this era, I worked at a blockbuster video and one night, my best friend and I decided to rent this. Truth be told, we ate some mushrooms and watched the flick. The movie grabbed me from beginning to end, and when the final scene revealed that the child sidekick to Sheen's character is an alien, I was stunned. My friend was having the same experience, so I knew I wasn't alone in my admiration for the flick. I've since revisited the movie, sober, and I found it to be an exhilarating thriller with shades of Twilight Zone and 1970s paranoia thrillers like the Parallax View. This is Sheen's best on-screen work since Platoon. 
The film may seem a bit dated today since technology has changed greatly over the past 26 years, but the underlying themes, that great ending, and the film's stylish execution are still top-notch. Citing the confidence the studio had in the film, a video game tie-in was developed by Live Interactive and was released for Windows and Macs in 1997. The plot takes place 10 years after the unsuccessful alien invasion depicted in the film, where the extraterrestrials have kidnapped the player who must escape while avoiding detection. The Arrival is one of the best movies of 1996, and I urge anyone who hasn't seen it to hunt down a copy or find it streaming. You will not be disappointed. The 2016 film of the same name is purely coincidental. That does it for our show today. Join us next week when we take a look at June 7th through the 9th, 1996, with the release of Michael Bay's The Rock and Paramount Pictures' superhero wannabe, The Phantom.